0: My name is Mumba Dodwell, and this is Ordinary Artists. Hello. In this podcast, I'm talking to Nadia Nadif. Nadia is the Artistic Director of Untold Arts, which is a theatre company that puts BME actors at the centre of the stage. I saw the show The Scar Test at Soho Theatre which was put on by Untold Arts. It's about women's immigration detention centres and it was such an interesting story. Um, It's something we don't hear enough about and it was based on some real stories by real women that, um, Nadia and her team had interviewed. And I just think it's important that we hear stories like this, especially at this time in England. Um, yeah, so you hear about it more in the podcast. Uh, I was really excited to see the show because actually someone from my agency was in it and, um, And the women in there were all diverse and they just got to play about on stage and be resourceful and use it. I think that's all you want to do as an actor, just have that time to explore and play. And sometimes as BME actors, we get limited opportunities to do this. And I think it's happening more and more where we are. So I just wanted to go out there and support it. And the show did really well. The reason why I wanted to speak to Nadia was because she's an actor and she set up this company. Um... As BME actors, we know that we have to take control of our narrative because sometimes the stories that come into us don't reflect us. And I think Nadia did that in a really interesting way because she set up a company rather than putting on a production herself. And she talks about why she does that. And I think it's really interesting. So please listen to that and tune in for that, because um, what she talks about when she made the company is that she wanted it to be sustainable, and I was like, oh my god, yes, a light bulb moment, Um, just to warn you, we were at the National at the busy time, Um, so yeah, so there's a bit of noise in the background, but it's okay, and um, we just have a few of those, like, announcements, like, five minutes before the show, but I edited most of those out, so there just might be one of them in there, Um, so yeah, anyway, so here we go, So I'm sitting at the National here with Nadia Nadi, who is a director, and as well as you are the artistic director of Untold Arts. And I saw the scar test earlier on in the year in Soho, and I really enjoyed that. So, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up? Directing
1: and also yeah. acting as well. Yeah. Um, so I do. I'm, I'm more of an artistic director yeah. than a director. although like I have directed students yeah. um, in various like drama schools and things. Um, so I've been working as an actor for the last twelve years. Yeah. Um, and I guess I kind of I got into it because I was just constantly entertaining from quite a a young age (laughs) and it was just something that was really instinctual Um, and I actually set up my first theatre company in primary school believe it or not (laughs) really yeah what did you call it by (laughs) chance Um, we didn't have a name actually I mean I was a bit of a dictator I basically like used to go into this disused second staff room like round up all my friends yeah. or minions to come with me yeah. and then I'd write plays, direct plays give myself the main part in the play, <laughs> and get everyone else to do stuff around yeah. it um, so that was the beginning <laughs> but I'm not like that now <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: and then so um, how did you end up setting up Untold Arts because you t- you're the artistic director
1: yeah so it came about um, three years ago and I um, I'd actually gone through a period of um, of unemployment myself, yeah. so um, I was actually on the dole, I yeah. was having quite a difficult time and at the same time I was getting frustrated by the stereotypes that yeah. actors are often playing and I did this amazing... The first job I, I got after my five weeks of unemployment yeah. was this R&D at Richmix. Yeah. And I worked with um, an amazing woman called Modisola um, Adebayo, and she's a, a director, writer, actor. And she got myself and seven other women who are actresses of Arab descent in the room together, and we did this incredible R&D. And she got us like, pretty much into a company within the first two hours. And it was a very inspirational day because all of us um, kind of said, like, we're always going up for the bomber, the burka, or belly dancer, but actually we are none of these things, yeah. nor is anyone we know, nor is our friends or family yeah. of that heritage. So I started to think about this and to think, you know, actually I want to do something which means that writers can write proper characters yeah. and actors can play proper parts that reflect yeah. who we see in real life um, so that was kind of the springboard mm-hmm. to set up Untold Arts yeah. um, and to give those untold true stories a platform. so everything we've done at Untold Arts has yeah. been based on true story
0: oh wow yeah because the scar test was like really moving about talking about women's detention centres with immigration and it's something that's quite what was really good about the show is that you had people who people would probably think oh yes I get I guess why they're there but also you had a British girl who was there oh, who was like I'm British yeah. and I'm here because oh, true. yeah and I think that was really like it was really quite um, nice and then my parents work in immigration so ah. I, so it was really interesting to see that and I felt really I felt really touched by seeing their stories and the women sharing that especially women who are vulnerable yeah. um, coming there they're not just there for it that's the saddest thing like, people think that people there are just like oh, boy yeah <laughs> so one of the things that the, yeah so it's really nice to see those stories because mm. there are women there and I, I like I know from what I've seen from my parents dealing with immigration these are like people are not coming to England just to come to England like they're they're there for their lives or like they wanted to do something so people think that like when you see the rhetoric on, on the internet it's like yeah. no people are moving here because they want to move here and they're intelligent and they're working here and they're adding to our society not that that's a, a, a brief for adding to it but mm. when you see the stories in the test, you're like yeah like these
1: like I I was like, please just let them stay, like, just let me... I think it's just that thing of, like, would any of us do any different? I mean, there are lots of reasons why people might go to a different country. I mean, my own parents, who are, you know, both British, actually spend half the year living in Morocco, and they often work abroad, so they are immigrants as well, but they're just immigrating from here, so they do the other way around. And I think... A lot of the reasons in the play of the scar test with the characters some of these women have fled um, violence torture fgm all kinds of things But equally, there are characters in the play who maybe haven't gone through that, but because of their sexuality, they can't live in the country or because they can't make any money for their families. They can't stay there anymore. Um, Or perhaps, you know, maybe they're ill and they are living in a place where they can't get treatment and they move. And how often do we see that here from people in the UK all the time as well?
0: Yeah, people do that a lot in England. They do. They emigrate for... I know people go to Spain because they health and they want to live there as a nice... It's nice yeah. the climate when you're older and retired. And yeah, <laughs> it sounds lovely, but we don't always view it the same way when
1: someone else is coming. Like the world doesn't. I think view that's it. the thing. Yeah. The world really doesn't view it, and particularly the media yeah. doesn't view it as well. Yeah. There's even different use of um, terminology. So you get more <laughs> yeah. an expat.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, it, yeah. if you're yeah.
1: if you're British and you move abroad, whereas if you are from another country and you come here, you're an immigrant. Um, yeah,
0: even though it's the same. It's yeah, the but it's a, that's yeah. the
1: same thing. But then, obviously, refugees are different because, yeah. you know, claiming diff- yeah. political asylum, yeah. um, fleeing war, that's, that is that's a different thing. Yeah. So. And how did you come about putting the scar test together? How did that- um, so it started off by... In, in my unemployment yeah. of 2014, <laughs> I, I read a lot of newspapers and yeah. I read about Yarswood in The Guardian yeah. and I was really shocked. Um, I read an article by a woman called Melton Avsil um, and her and her mother had been given... Um, the right to remain in Britain. Yeah. They'd been working, Melton had been at school, mm-hmm. and this had been going on, I think, for five years, mm-hmm. and then one day there was just a knock at the door, and they were both banged up in Yarl's Wood. <gasps> Melton was a, a young teenager at the time, oh, I think, she was easy. 13, yeah. um, with her and, and her mum, yeah. and that was when detention centres used to hold children indefinitely as well. Really? Yeah. Since 2011, they don't, yeah. but it's all... Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, but the, now that means that children and their parents are separated. Yeah. So in Yarlswood in our, our writer Hannah, she went and did lots of research, Hannah Peel, yeah. and she said the most upsetting thing was the number of children that were visiting at the same time as she was, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, visiting their mums, and they're living with a foster family. But well, they don't amazing. need to, because yeah. their parents are here yeah. and can look after them, except they've yeah. you got think, their parents are
0: yeah. And you think the government that's using taxpayers' funds for it's expensive yeah it's expensive government
1: pays a lot for foster families for anything when a parent's there yeah and they pay even more to lock someone up in these private institutions so that's really strange. Yeah. So yeah, so you think Hannah then wrote she wrote the So piece. Hannah, um, Hannah and I and some amazing actors yeah. um, were in a room together and this is about two years ago now, we did one day R and D on it um, at out of joint studios. So um so you devised the piece with the, with some actors and, some actors, and, yeah. and, and the writer yeah. and then we did um, like a scratch version of the show although yeah. it actually ended up being really polished so oh. um, Audrey Sheffield mm-hmm. she directed that yeah. she had six days um, yeah. and it ended, we ended up doing like a 50 minute piece that yeah. went to Colchester Bedford and the Arcola Theatre oh, okay. in London Yeah. and we got loads of brilliant feedback from that yeah. from people who knew nothing about Yarswood yeah. from people who knew everything about Yarswood because they yeah. were linked in yeah. some way and on the feedback of what people wanted to see more of, yeah. and then on Hannah and Audrey's um, research trips mm-hmm. to Yarl's Wood, yeah. uh, a new version of the play was born. There wasn't much taken out from the first mm-hmm. version, but there was a lot of things added, yeah. um, including mm-hmm. the whole legal process. Oh. And I, I
0: wanted to know, like, how did it feel seeing that after... like going from 2014 having yeah. unemployment and
1: like, seeing these stories come together and work how is it seeing yeah. it at the like, Soho Theatre like, touring um, I mean I guess I never imagined that it, yeah. that it would get to an off to West End yes. Theatre and so quickly yeah. and um, it's
0: such a good the Soho is such a good theatre for picking up women's yeah. writing and just yeah.
1: diverse shows I really New like writing, it yeah. yeah which was yeah. really really good yeah. Um, and yeah we have a wonderful diverse cast yeah. as everyone have seen
0: yeah whoever's has seen your cast and the style of bits, I really enjoyed that. That the yeah. um, sort of I don't know how, I don't know what the word is for it, but it was very nice to it's see. Almost like because it wasn't,
1: it wasn't naturalistic. No, was it? But the it style was. Of yeah,
0: it. in bits in the dialogue and bits when it slowed down, then it was naturalistic. But in the yeah. transition and like as yeah. a whole, it
1: wasn't. So yeah, I think that was very much kind of the vision of um, our director Sarah mm-hmm. Joyce and our movement director Sinead O'Keefe. Um, about making it because it is something that's going on today yeah but kind of wanting to show to the audience the absurdities of it all yeah. so it almost ends up being like theatre of the absurd yeah, yeah, um, yeah. even Brechtian um, so one of the kind of uh I guess motifs that we had in the piece that um, the designer Amelia Jane Hankin and Sarah our director came up with was that the guards um, in the show can go anywhere in in the play um, but the women who are being held there um, they only become women when they're on this lino flooring on the outsides of that they can't they don't really exist because they don't have the freedom yes. of going around in the centre. So that was that was one, oh, okay. that makes sense. one yeah. style and choice. And
0: what was with the jump like the massive oversized jumpers? I want to yeah. know like it was really cool having them well, change in them what, and like, what did you yeah. think they represented? I don't know, like I feel that they also represented a sort of trapment and a cell, a cell because like that's that's the only space they could live in and have it, I think. Yeah. And they didn't they didn't really take
1: when they took them off it was to change or something and it wasn't yeah. like yeah. so that that's the the sort of practical thing yeah. um because it's the idea that as women you're being looked at all the time you've got cameras on on you yeah, even um, in your rooms so there's yeah, literally, literally cool. no privacy yeah. um officers can walk in at any time they yeah. may not be female they yeah. may majority of the time they'll be male. Yeah. Women have been dragged from the showers naked to try and be deported back. So it's just that invasion of privacy yeah. and the jumper is a way of Sorry. fighting back. I'm sure we've yeah. all done it, you know, as yeah. kids when you're yeah. sometimes if you're going swimming like in yeah. Indian changing you and you got your talent yeah. and you don't want people to see and you did yeah. that and the jumper is like another extension of that. Only this oh, okay. time it's it's grown women in what's supposed yeah, to be a yes. private space but they're yeah. still having to do that. No, it's so true
0: and like it was. I do. I think I remember Rebecca, the actress, who was yeah. doing the scene in. With that's where it really hit when she was in the cell with the bed and she yes. and she didn't want to sleep. She put a chair to the door because yeah. she was scared. Yeah. I think that really summed up for me. I was like, that's really quite frightening. That and they're not. They haven't done anything wrong. That's yeah. the thing is that they genuinely haven't done anything wrong. Mm. They haven't. There's um, no crime. Yeah, there's no committed. crime. So it's just really a thing of legally talk, like talking and sort of helping them sort out their papers to make it official or to see what they yeah. need. Um, so it was really interesting. I think the story really hit me in a place. I was like, I didn't know it. that's that was the stakes of immigration in England yeah. um, at at this time. Yeah, like, could, yeah. But um, I was you as well. as like, how is it um, being an actor as well as putting on your stuff? Like what?
1: putting your own shows how do you find yeah. that combining those two so the way I've made it work kind of in the past is by doing everything before the show so in terms yeah. of like juggling being yeah. an actor and being an artist director I mean it is really hard I won't, yeah, I won't yeah. lie um, for the scar test just to get the funding to yeah. put it on and to develop the script took two years, um, but that's because you know I'm only able to, yeah. to work one day a week for free because the rest of the time I'm earning money as an actor and I'm yeah. working in my career. Yeah. As that. So it did take a while to kind of put that forward, um, but I guess the way that I've tried to deal with it is just. By having everything ready to go yeah. before rehearsals start, okay. and having you know having a producer yeah. in place, have we had a producer, a general manager, a production mm-hmm. manager um, to kind of look after the logistics of the show in yeah. those those roles during rehearsals?
0: Oh, okay, so then you um, wouldn't, so it relieves you of that stress and finding. Yeah, yeah that makes yeah,
1: that makes sense. I mean. Yeah, I mean that's you the know. idea. It doesn't yeah, always no. <laughs> work perfectly, and I think any artistic director whether they're from an acting, yeah. writing or directing background would we'll probably say the same um, <laughs> I can imagine it's a constant, yeah. it's a constant juggling act mm-hmm.
0: um, and um, how did you find
1: getting funding So I know that's something that people yeah. find like it's um, really hard yeah. I mean I don't think people talk about this enough and yeah. I know that often people from an outside eye they'll see, you know, Untold Arts really, really successful, really great at getting funding or you're really great at getting funding it's really hard, we didn't get funding for the scar test until the third time of applying with the Arts Council, so it was over a year of doing the applications booking in the venues because the Arts Council want to see the venues but some of the venues now they won't take you on until you have 100% funding so it's very chicken and egg it's really difficult Um, But we did get Arts Council funding, Um, our producer Molly McGee, she ran a brilliant crowdfunding campaign Um, so we got some money from there, Um, Hannah got some funding from the Peggy Ramsey Foundation. So our two two of our producers, Mark Bixter and Molly McGee, they did a campaign of writing to human rights law firms to ask them for sponsorship. Um, and that worked fairly well Um, we got shortlisted for the Kevin Spacey Foundation as well we didn't get it um, which was a shame because that made things quite difficult on on the budget and things Um, but yeah you just do the best you can but
0: that's quite cool that they did apply for um, asking nor, Northers.
1: Um, yeah, it's um, a bit outside the box, and it's good, like related yeah. to your. Well, that's yeah, why yeah. I wanted to do it because yeah. it related to the play. Yeah. And I think, uh, in addition to this, yeah. there were dozens and dozens and dozens of yeah. public funding applications mm-hmm. to which we got no, 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 yeah. no, 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 and no yeah. feedback. Yeah. But I think the arts in general, unfortunately, because yeah. funding is being squeezed oh, so yeah. much, yeah. it is going to have to move towards a more private yeah. model, and that's where the solicitors' firms came yeah. in for us with this. Um, because the other thing that we tried to do was like this outreach program, yeah. and to book in workshops at schools and colleges and universities. Uh, yeah. And in the past, we've done that to yeah. a fairly, um, fairly good extent. But now everyone is having their funding taken away. It's not, schools don't have to. If you're doing GCSE drama, from you don't go into the theatre anymore as a yeah. school which used to be like the the thing I remember that that was, the, that was the
0: best thing I, was um, actually, I
1: talk about it all yeah. the time like, I to see I've seen so many good shows with my yeah. yeah and I mean we really tried like with professional workshops yeah. cause I feel quite strongly about this being yeah. you know not from a privileged background myself yeah and i made sure that every student could have a workshop for maximum of 5 pounds yeah now when good, i was yeah. at school i was paying 7 pounds 50 for a workshop and oh, that's, oh, yeah. you know I'm going back 20 years now so that i think yeah, is a good that's price that's that's a good yeah. but schools colleges sixth forms yeah. uni still can't afford that because mm-hmm. it's being so squeezed and it's it's so hard for arts organisations and charities to yeah
0: to get in. yeah and um so what advice would you give people who are looking to um, put on their, their own
1: show and work? Um, okay, well, I guess sort of artistically, yeah. it would be like, why this show? Why now? Is anyone else doing something similar? Yeah. Um, what? So this is one of the bits where I couldn't get
0: the dialogue to match up after the announcement. Um, and I want to take this moment to say follow Untold Arts on Twitter. The handle is at untold underscore arts and they post um about other bme shows as well as their own obviously and um some other opportunities that come up as well so it is worth following them um so yeah we'll go back to the podcast now
1: yeah so um artistically just if you're doing like a revival of something so it's not new work it's got to be like what's your slant on it yeah um you know, what's your take on this why are you reviving this classic mm-hmm. are you going to say something new with it or does yeah. it need to be done now um, in terms of like just all the admin and financial stuff um, I'd, I'd say because I did this on my own yeah. and I think a big lesson I've learned from it is to not do it on your own <laughs> because actually you need people who are as invested as you both artistically, mm-hmm. financially with the admin side of mm-hmm. things to make it work yeah. Um, yeah, I think just also in terms of sustainability for yeah. um, this is if you're thinking of, of do, if you're having a company rather than just a one-off solo piece yeah. of work, for example, you you need other creatives on board to either artistic direct with you yeah. or produce with you or write for you to move it forwards um, because otherwise you, you can't sustain it if you get a job abroad, you know, I'm doing a tour of the Middle East yeah. soon, so if I had a company show planned for this autumn which I don't, yeah. then I, it wouldn't be able to happen because yeah. it's, just, it's just me, you know um, similarly when stuff if I'm to take the company to the next level yeah. and do more shows, I'll need other collaborators to run it with me um, because, you know, I need to I need yeah. to tour, I need to earn a living yeah. as an actor, as well as produce my yeah. own work you know
0: yeah I've always thought about that because I've been interested as to say like when you're not someone from here and you don't see your stories being told do you yes. instinctively want to be like I want to put this on I want to do this yeah. but I think that sometimes it's easy just to do something where you're not um, where you can end up giving up not giving up, but spending more time doing it than what you want to what what you yeah. actually want to do. And I think it's really interesting that you chose to do a, own a company and do be an artistic director rather than um, have say like a show where you you are running it and you have to be all invested. In it. As you said, you can go away um, and do that. And what made you when you started out? What made yeah. you think a company rather than create my own show with me in it?
1: Like yeah. yeah so I I was advised to do a company because um, by. Other companies and people yeah. at Ideas Tap, which was the training oh, I was on yeah, at that time, Ideas Tap, yeah. um, because they said you're more likely to get funding, but also if your first show does well, then you can use those quotes and things for future shows, which is what I've done yeah. um, with the different shows. But yeah. I think I yeah, it's just about kind of knowing how to make that sustainable as well. And I think definitely for me, over the next year Um, like I will I'll keep trying to to see if I can find collaborators who want to kind of come on at the same level as as me with the company Um, but also there are bigger companies that want me to work with them as an actor and want me to create yeah. work with them as well, so yeah. I'll both get to perform in plays yeah. but also suggest ideas to plays for bigger companies which as well, which is, yeah. is quite a which good is position quite, to yeah, be in. It's yeah, it's good because
0: you've also you have your own company and people yeah. are seeing it working and it's successful. Yeah. And, um, do you have any advice for people who are also acting and have been in, so say someone, if you were speaking to someone in yeah. speaking to yourself in 2014, what advice ah. would you give
1: yourself? Um, I would say... Like, don't. What would I say? I'd say, yes, you, your ideas are good yeah. artistically, creatively, they're good and they will make three amazing plays. Yeah. But I would say to myself, don't run before you can walk because as a company we got too successful too quickly yeah. and the funding and the finance and the yeah. admin side of it just couldn't keep up. So, um, yeah.
0: Oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So, how did you, so is it, so you couldn't keep up with it because did you need more than what you yes. had oh, and, uh, yes. yeah, and people demanding yeah. to, wanting obviously you wanted to see you and see your company doing well you saying it was um, successful. Or... so
1: there, there was a, a little bit of that I think if yeah. we'd been able to get more funding yeah. at, at one point we had 12 theatres up and down the UK that wanted the show wow. and we weren't able to take the show to them oh. which is very sad for me because yeah. for me theatre is all about going all over and going yeah. to all different regions particularly yeah. with a show like The Scarf yeah. Test um, because of the subject matter yeah. and because people in big capital cities are often more informed yeah. um, about these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Not always, but yeah. often, yeah. yeah. Well,
0: that's really cool. And, and what, w- what would be your, like, what was the best thing about doing the scar test? What did you really take from it? Because it's such, like, I just have yeah. the story,
1: so... Um, the, the best thing for me yeah. personally is that um, some of the women that Hannah and Audrey interviewed yeah. at um, in Yas would have since been freed because they interviewed yeah. them a, yeah. a year and a half ago now, oh, yeah. um, and those women and other women who've been held in different detention centres came yeah. to watch the show with their befrienders, and they came backstage. Uh, this is over four different nights. Yeah. They came backstage to meet the, us in the yeah. cast. Um, to thank us for putting their stories on the stage they were very moved by them and they said all that time we were locked up and even until now we didn't think anybody cared and you've proved to us that someone did oh wow that's so beautiful
0: I think that's really nice I think that's all all that I ever care about theatre is that if someone can watch and say that I'm relevant and that you you care about my story I think we're always looking for some validation through theatre and I think that's really nice that people get to see that it's, yeah. so, it's such a special feeling I think to see, feel that yeah. thank you so much Nadia for talking to me even no. with the buzzing and the pleasure Yeah, security but that's also the city we live in so yeah thank you yeah. so much for that nice no, pleasure you. thank you for listening please feel free to get in touch with me and follow me on twitter at ordinaryartists